Sunspots Comics Now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand screen printed on 100% cotton pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right. And you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks. So it's a great deal. And that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount. And that is C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-Zoo.com. Oh, Mr. Glenn Campbell, you will be missed. Mahalo, my brothers and sisters. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 119, covering all the new comic books that I read that just came out this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, August 9th. In this particular podcast, you will actually like it when it's angry. Yes. Well, hello. I am your host, Chris Latore of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that your walk to work, your commute, your earbud in your ear while you're at your desk at work or whatever is pleasant. And this makes it just a little bit more pleasant and nerdy, of course. So here we recommend to you and discuss an amazing list of fresh new comic books for you to read every single week. Never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Just subscribe to it and follow along on all the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Sunspots Comics. That's right, easy to find, just one name. So what are we all about, you ask? What's our mission statement? Well, it's really about me spreading my love of comic books in my own particular positively charged way. That's right. I love it, and I want to give some love to you. Plus, if you want to know what the best comic books are so you can just go to your local comic book shop and save some time and save some money, well then, the Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely for you, so please tell a friend. And also two quick thank yous, one to the guy that just sang our Sunspots Comics theme song that you heard, that is Nick Papa George, a buddy of mine, thank you so much for doing it Nick. Please check out his stuff, he's a fantastic musician at facebook.com slash Music. he's amazing, thank you Nick. Also thank you to my son Justin Jables Latori, who of course can't be here again, but he's here in spirit, and he also wishes you well, and hope that hopes that all things are good for you. But he, uh, he also works on our Sunspots Comics blog. Please check out his writings at blog.sunspotscomics.com and follow him on Instagram at just sunspot. So, yeah, we miss you, bud. Hope to have you on a future podcast. He'll be here soon, I'm sure. He's missed a few just to scheduling conflicts, etc. But he will be back very soon. And now it's free comic book time. That's right. That's back. And I'm actually giving away two copies of Saga from Image Comics, issue number 43. Yes, two copies. One is just for you, and one is to pay it forward. Give it to someone that you care about that kind of likes nerdy stuff. It's a great jumping on point. This is uh, Saga is written by Brian K. Vaughn and art by the uh, her art is lovely Fiona Staples. And it's a great uh, jumping on point. 
This is a multiple Eisner winner, folks, so there's good stuff in here, and there's a reason. It's just kind of hitting on all cylinders. The art combined with the crazy storytelling, it's a sci-fi sort of serenity, western science fiction action, alien armada. Yes, it's a saga. And this particular jumping on point here in issue 43, the saga decides to go western, which is uh, even more western than it already is. And you got Alana and Marco, they're in search for a place to have a late-term abortion for their deceased unborn child. Yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the craziness that is Saga. And it's always told from this far-off future perspective of their humorous, uh, lovingly adorable daughter, Hazel. We don't know when she is telling this story from, but it's definitely sometime in the very far future because she's only about, I don't know, four or five years old. But it's a lovely series. It's great to jump on right here at 43. There's kind of a, a great little recap at the beginning that tells you everything they're going through in this Shakespearean story. Saga is lovely, folks. If you haven't read it, go check it out. So I'm going to give you two copies. Paper copies, that's right, not digital. So if you're into the paper more than you are the digital, this is for you. And I'll tell you how to win it. I'm going to pick a random winner, but all you have to do is shoot me an email to chris at sunspotscomics.com with your name and address and your favorite current comic book that you're reading and why it's your favorite. I'm basically going to read every single submission and I will select a random winner and mail it out by Friday, August 18th. So get your entries in right now. That's right, right now. Up until the 18th when I'll mail it out and select someone. And I will discuss and I will shout you out and I will let the winner know on the next podcast. So get your entry in right away. It's two free paper issues of Saga from Image Comics, issue 43. So good luck. Just hit me up again at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And I hope you win it. So good luck. I'm going to send you two issues. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 119. Starting out with some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. And the largest nugget of nerd this week is some comic book, movie, and TV news. Thanks to my friends, by the way, at The Hollywood Reporter and The LA Times. So first up is, we've all heard it's going crazy, it's all over the internet, Joss Whedon, he is changing and reshooting the entire ending of the Justice League movie. So yeah, it's they've everybody's running with it. Uh, there is some spoilery stuff there, but I'm not going to cover it as to what he's removing and to what sort of ending he's changing. Apparently, it's like a big cliffhanger that he's going to just uh, delete, which, you know, nobody loves those. So, <laughs> but it's crazy that, that TJL is coming out November 17th and it's August 13th. So, I know it's not the first time that movies do this and change things and reshoots, etc., but... It's like, you know, very close to re- being released. So they've got to wrap this thing up. But uh, Joss has jumped in. We know we're in good hands. And uh, the Snyderverse looks like it's being adjusted here. So I'm still on board. I don't think it really matters. I think it's just the way that the media gets caught up on every little thing that's going on with uh, the Justice League movie. But I'm fully on board. doesn't matter. Uh, Joss Whedon is going to do his thing, and I can't wait to see his Batgirl movie, which is slated for, I think, 2019 or 2020. It's going to be a while, but uh, do your thing, Joss. Get that all sculpted and put together nicely and edited properly so we can see the Justice League movie on November 17th. But uh, just very crazy that there's going to be a bunch of reshoots still, and he's going to be changing the ending. So crazy, but uh, I'm on board. Bring us the Justice League movie uh, right away. And the second thing in the comic book and movie TV news is that we've all heard again another crazy one that's been running 
I think since Friday or so, that Netflix and Disney not getting along, uh, apparently, and they've decided to sort of part ways, and uh, Disney is going to be making its own pay streaming service. Uh, but the Marvel movies and the Star Wars uh, movies may stay on Netflix? We don't know. They're in some heavy negotiations right now. We'll see how this all hammers, uh, hammers out. But one thing I noted here that we don't really talk, they don't really talk a lot in the articles I've read and all over the place, including the LA Times and the Hollywood Reporter, about what's happening to the Marvel TV shows. I mean, we know Defenders is coming out on August 18th. Um, Punisher is on its way. So what's going to happen there? <clears throat> I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the Marvel TV shows. They don't really talk about it, but it looks like, uh, you know, my initial thoughts were Disney and Netflix uh, splitting ways. That's just another pay service we have to pay for, I guess. I mean, we're all going to see their content in some way, so I guess it doesn't matter. I kind of like the idea of maybe everything uh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, etc. is just in one place. Let's just keep it simple that way. I don't know. It's just simplistically thinking, I guess, but uh, that's a big uh, shakeup in the industry there as far as uh, Netflix and Disney kind of parting ways. And we'll see what the future of especially Marvel TV, the Netflix shows like, uh, you know, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil Season 1 and 2, uh, Punisher, and, of course, I'm sure Season 1, 2, and 3 of The Defenders all coming to us. So what's going to happen there, we will see. But I guess it probably won't make a difference. We're all still going to see it anyway because everyone is. But uh, that's just been rolling around in my nerd lobes. And the third thing and final thing that's rolling around in my nerd brain about comic book movie and TV news is that Netflix also acquired the comic book publishing house Miller World to Millar World to boost its superhero programming. So Mark Millar in the world of Kick-Ass and the, the, the of course, the new one that's uh, coming out right now uh, is The Kingsman Part 2. But they're going to be expanding this universe in the, uh, the Millar World in Netflix, meaning there's even TV shows, kids shows, um, movies, uh, you know, singular um, movie uh, pictures and all other types of even miniseries, so they're not exactly sure what they're all putting together, but it's going to be characters all built in the Millar World Universe. I hope that Huck is one of them, and Starlight is another one of them. They weren't specifically naming names, but if Netflix is on board, and they've just taken a quick peek into uh, Mark Millar's world here, uh, in my opinion, Huck and Starlight need to be there. They need to be done they're beautiful pieces of literature done by Mark Millar. Uh, go see those comics if you haven't read them already. Go back. Go get them. Go find them. It's worth it. Anyway, that closes the comic book movie and TV news. So the next thing that's on my nerd brain is Voltron. Season 3 is now available on Netflix. I think it came out like a week ago. I am loving this. I have to give it my stamp of approval. I'm holding the stamp in my hand. I've just pressed it down on some paper. You can't see it, but really it just happened. I am on episode two of season three of Voltron, and it is super good. To give you a little gist, the team, they are down a character. Shiro, who was normally the Black Lion Paladin, is uh, not there, without spoiling it. And this basically seems sets the, the entire Voltron team into disarray. And really, at its core, it's about the family and the team unity, but they don't have much of that going on right now due to their missing Shiro. And even at the same time, while they've got their mess going on, there's a brand new enemy, Prince Lotor, who is looking to hit Team Voltron while they're down. So uh, he's looking to take advantage of the mess that's going on that is Voltron. But uh, episode one was a little bit slow, but it's definitely the setup and sort of the aftermath of Shiro's situation. And uh, episode two was fantastic, just emotional. And what are they going to do with the 
black lion that needs a paladin to drive the thing and what if they take one of the other team members who will drive the one they're used to be driving like the blue or the or the red so there um there's definitely a mess going on with voltron with team voltron but i'm loving it it's uh, it's done in an emotional family you know team oriented way and it's animated fantastically it's just a, it's a lot of just very tight cg involved here space action fantasy stuff um, but they're taking their time in developing these characters, and they make you care for the family. I mean, even the even the <clears throat> enemy, Lotor, is uh, being developed in a unique kind of taking their time way to really um, have him be a centerpiece here for season three of Ultron. I like what they're going with him, that he's a prince, that his father, who was the, event, the villain in the previous issues, is kind of out of commission, without spoiling it. But the uh, Prince uh, Lotor is stepping up to take over in his father's footsteps, but do things in a much different way. Rather than a lot of just intimidation, etc., he's trying to bring people in and have people loyal to him. So, just great stuff. So, check out on Netflix, Voltron, Season 1, 2, and 3. If you haven't seen them all, uh, go see them immediately. You can just binge the thing. It's a fantastic Saturday morning just sci-fi action cartoon that uh, I've been missing uh, in my life. So if you need that, go get it. Go see Voltron. It is excellent stuff. And the last thing that's on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes! I'm going to self-publish this thing. I'm going to do the writing, the coloring, the lettering. My friend Jordan Hudson is doing his beautiful art. If you like Jeff Darrow, he has that style. If you like, uh, like Sean Gordon, he has that kind of style. It's just beautiful, amazing line art. Um, if just maybe Daniel Warren Johnson. He also reminds me of Jordan Hudson's art. So if you like some of those artists, check out uh, Jordan on his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you, my friend. I also just updated sunspotscomics.com with a Zombie Destroyers sort of link you can click on, and I just posted pages four and five. So check them out of my comic book Zombie Destroyers. You can see pages four and five on sunspotscomics.com. Just click Zombie Destroyers. It's beautiful. Also, just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. Mr. Jordan Hudson is working now on his finishing inks for page 24, which they look amazing. Uh, it's primarily an, uh, an action-packed page here of the team uh, fighting zombies, getting ready to go out there. Uh, they're not using their their powers yet. They're just hand-to-hand -hand combat fighting to uh, sort of the, one of the last stages of their training. It's beautiful, page 24. I can't wait to show you the inks on this. It's amazing. I'm also kind of finalizing page 25 to submit to Jordan, so he has that ready to go. And uh, in a nutshell, we hope to release issue number one of Zombie Destroyers in October or late this year. Uh, I'm going to be self-publishing it under the Sunspots Comics publishing house, my own publishing house company. But uh, Zombie Destroyers issue number one, coming soon to you. So again, check it out on sunspotscomics.com slash zombie destroyers. And next up, just a quick little mention of a segment called Spotlighting. Yes, there are some creators out there that are all lined up for interviews. And thank you for so much for your patience. We're just trying to work out scheduling. But what this little segment is about is having a nice little sit-down chit-chat with people that are struggling or just any kind of comic book creators. They don't necessarily have to be struggling. Some of them are doing it. If you look back in the feed, there's about a dozen or so interviews with people that are in the comic book industry, some that are just up-and-comers, some that are already doing it. But check them out in the feed. You can see them all there, the interviews that I've posted in our spotlighting segment. But if you yourself 
are a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, you're just trying to get into comic books or you're already doing it and you're just, you're living the dream, I'd love to have a nice little sit down chit chat with you. So just send me a little uh, review copy of your work or just hit me up on all the social media at Sunspots Comics or just email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com and we'll work it out, figure the schedule out and get you on our podcast here to let our listeners know who you are, what you're all about and what you're doing. So Thank you very much again for those folks in waiting. We're going to have some interviews coming up very soon, but that's our spotlighting segment. So thank you there. And so now let's get into my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is where I give you the comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books that all came out Wednesday, new comic book day, August 9th. And of course, semi-spoilerish alert. Yes, I really don't just give you everything of the comic. I definitely leave the last few pages alone. I seriously work hard every single week in just harnessing my powers of persuasion to just inspire you to go buy these comics and read them because they will bring your life so much nerdy joy. So who who doesn't need that, right? So I definitely don't spoil all the talking points, but just in case you have been sort of warned, semi-spoilerish alert. Also, to see a sort of recap of all my favorite picks of the week since... 2015 when I started this thing May of 2015 just go to sunspotscomics.com just you can even click on the pull list to see all 116 titles that I'm reading I constantly update it honestly I update it every single week I try to compact it keep it simple I'm super proud of it so every now and then just go over to sunspotscomics.com and just check it out there it's a nice encapsulation of everything that's going on within the podcast and all the comic books that I'm reading etc I've been reading for 140 years so I definitely try to make it simple and easy. I know how you can get to a website and just, gosh, it just takes forever. It looks dense. Mine's very simple and compact. So check it out, sunspotscomics.com. So now let's get into the artist winner and the cover artist winner of the week. I pick them every single week to give them some love and attention to their beautiful, stunning work of art. And this week's artist winner is David Marquez. David Marquez did The Defenders, issue number four. And you have to see these stunningly amazing action scenes. He just easily won it this week for his gorgeous multi-camera angled, uh, just hyper-detailed action on every single page. And this was a very action-focused comic, this particular issue. But there are some two-page splash pages here and single-page splash pages that of Iron Fist fighting Diamond Head that are unforgettable, honestly. They're such detailed, they're colored so beautifully. I love the action streaky lines uh, shadowing that really shows this hyper speed that's going on here and the beautiful use of certain bones cracking that uh, have that crack sound effect word that just sort of blends directly into where the action is going. If you follow your eyeline properly, it's just, it's so... It's so properly displayed here in such classic form. You have to see these action scenes. When Jessica Jones is fighting Diamond Head as well, she's like hitting him with like a mailbox or a, uh, a newspaper box. It's it's just glorious. The angling is perfect. How you have the large character in the front and, the sm- and Jessica Jones in the back. And again, using proper placement of those action words. It's just beautiful. Of course, tied in with... It seems like I say this every time when there is an, an artist winner is the amazing realistic detail in the face and all the faces and the emotions. People just taking pictures in the background in shock of this fight. Uh, he sells it with the eye lines here and the facial expressions. 
from Jessica Jones' face of determination to, to beat Diamond Head here. It's just so realistic. It keeps you involved, keeps you immersed, because every single panel is just beautifully, lovingly detailed here from Mr. David Marquez. So easily, just for his alone, the stunning action scenes, but you got to see this. It is just gorgeous. So hyper-detailed. I love when there's action that's going on in the background from people watching this fight, and there's still hyper-detail there because it can really take you out of a comic when it looks kind of stick figure in the background of, of where they where an artist definitely uh, feel has kind of a rush-like feel, and you can tell it's just they do kind of body blurbs in the background. Not done here by Mr. David Marquez. Everyone's hyper-detailed, so it definitely keeps you in it. At no point will you just kind of go, eh, it looks kind of lame. No, no way whatsoever. David Marquez, home run. That's why you're definitely the artist winner this week. And cover artist winner this week is the pro of all professionals, the man that is, uh, he can do no wrong. It's Alex Ross. You can find him everywhere online at the Alex Ross Art. And he did the cover for Amazing Spider-Man, which I already posted on Instagram. It's probably going to be the cover artist winner, and it most definitely is. He did this sort of fractured kind of uh, Spider-Man being um, this sort of beam of light ray being thrust upon him where it kind of shatters his his spider suit into pieces. Kind of this fractured kind of glass, kind of like a stained glass shattering is what it reminds me of with this stark white, white background. And it's just, uh, it's like he's been hit with a with like a you know a flashbang and it's his hair is coming out of it it's there's just so much detail it's this great little action scene that is actually tying directly into what happens on page like 15 so it's i love when they actually tie it in it's not just a cover for cover sake um, it is appealing to the eye. It's gorgeous with this stark background. And it's Spider-Man being hit with a flashbang grenade, ultimately, slash EMP thing. And it's just, like I said, this fractured, this, this wonderful, all these little intricate details and pieces that are flying through the air. It's uh, beautiful. Just go to my, you can, of course, see it on the Alex Ross everywhere. But I've also posted uh, the, on Instagram. Check it out at Sunspots Comics. But easily, 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 gorgeous cover artist winner this week. Mr. Alex Ross, thank you. You made my eyeballs so happy. And the breakdown. This week I actually got 14 comics and only five of them made it to the great ones list. So that's a low list. I like to be right at 50% of them to make it there. So I definitely feel uh, it's worth my time and my money. Didn't really happen this week, but the five that made it are fantastic. So uh, we're going to get into that here in a second. And new number ones. There were four, but only one of them made it to the great ones list this week. So not even 50% there. But uh, the one that made it is is phenomenal. Added to the pull list. We'll get in that here into a second, in one second. So let's get into it. Let's jump right in. These are going to be my top comic book recommendations this week. This is the great ones, honestly. The, the best of the best of the 14 that I read that came out on New Comic Book Day, August 9th. I consider these to be... The greatest ones that you need to go over to your local comic book shop and buy them immediately. And uh, I only talk about the great ones here right on Sunspots Comics uh, Podcast. So, on to the countdown. Let's go. Starting in at number five is from Image Comics. And it is the Redlands. Just Redlands. Issue number one. This is written by Jordi Belair. And this is art by Vanessa Del Rey. And Jordi Belair has, is a professional in the business. Look her up. You'll see her body of work is stunning. She has been doing it for a long time. Vanessa R. Del Rey, some very dark, very realistic, very gritty, sort of very much it with black background on almost every single page. So it definitely sets this ominous, dark tone, which fits so perfectly to this horror-ish comic. 
horror slash witch witch slash uh, storytelling noir. I mean, it's it's set in in Redlands, Florida, in 1977. So uh, definitely, an, you can feel it that it's from the 70s, and every single page, uh, again, very uh, lovingly drawn by Vanessa R. Del Rey. And I just love this, even this opening sequence uh, of this tree that's on fire in the dark at night. And these, and it's just this stark, right, this this image is just kind of jumping right at you with the orange and the tree being ablaze. And it's hard to do fire. It's hard to make it look real in comics. And this looks wonderful. It looks realistic. And it sets this kind of ominous tone because there's like a noose that's hung onto this. Uh, it doesn't, which the nooses don't look like they're being burnt away. So you're like, well, that's strange. Already setting an interesting tone. It's in front of a police station where there's something going down here. Ultimately, it's like witches versus cops in this uh, in this Florida town, um, and it's it's very twisted and unique. There's there's this moment here with this this sheriff who has a moment here with his son. Like maybe we should go out there. You know, there's a little girl out there. We need to get her. And the father, who's the sheriff, like whacks his son in the face with the butt of his, his shotgun. And you're like, okay. This is the 70s, and they have an interesting relationship there. He kind of breaks his own son's, like his nose, right in this in this sequence, and you're like, oh wow, this is this is definitely a sort of not of today. It feels very out of time, but uh, it is somewhere in the you know it's in Florida down in the south. But uh, there's this little girl out there, and they're they're fighting the witches, and the witches are sort of trying to take over this town, and they they're like, we don't want to lose anyone else. We need to bring this little girl in. And when they open the door, there's like this smokes black specter thing that's flying around. Kind of reminds me of Lost, the sort of black, whatever that was, flying around in Lost. But yeah, it's doing some damage. It's doing some craziness. Uh, that's really all I want to tell you, because you are going to be introduced into the other side of things, who these witches are. And you're going to be introduced into some other characters into this town that are in prison. But uh, that's the sort of gist. It's what's going on when this little town in Florida is uh, sort of being taken over by uh, these witches that are hell-bent on destroying the people in this town. So we don't know why yet. We don't know the motivation. But like I said, everything has this stark black background. It's spooky. It has this Colin Bunn sort of Harrow County feel to it. So... I'm all in. Jordi Belair, like I said, and wonderful art again. Uh, you have to check it out. It's Redlands, issue number one. Added to the pull list. I mean, even the cover of it has that sort of Harrow County kind of feel with all these black sort of snakes, these like asps that are all kind of slithering, slithering around this hand that's been uh, chopped off from someone. So very, very interesting cover as well. Very gruesome. But uh, I'm liking a lot of a lot of horror comics more than I used to in the past. So. I definitely recommend this. Go grab Redlinch. You'll uh, you'll enjoy it. You'll get creeped out, and you'll want to read more, especially when you see what happens at the end, which I can't tell you about. But anyway, coming in at number four is Kill or Be Killed, issue number eleven. Kill or Be Killed, issue number eleven. This is from writer Ed Brubaker and art Sean by Sean Phillips. This team has been doing it for many, many years. They're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, these guys have done so much work. Just go look at all their sort of crime noir that they've done in the past. They know how to do it. But this is a little twisted story about this man who could be this very psychotic serial killer, but he ultimately has this demon that he's actually seen the demon uh, in images of his father's sort of pulp uh, kind of comics, kind of adult, uh, almost, you know, pinup style adult uh, like playboy kind of art that his father did many years ago and he's sort of seen this vision of this demon 
in in this art that his father did or does he see this demon at all is he just a psychopath that's what killer be killed ultimately is he this demon has been telling him to murder people and he's decided to sort of make up his own code and try to murder evil people so he went after this russian mob and now the russian mob is sort of trying to find him in this town he tried to write this letter in the last issue saying uh goodbye i'm leaving town i'm not going to be a, a punisher like vigilante anymore he didn't say that that's just kind of what he is and yeah, the, the Russian mom didn't fall for that. And they're still sending people out there. But this is kind of a like a timeout where he's going to some therapy. He's getting some medication. He's actually trying to better himself. And the, you, I love how they lull you into that. Yeah, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's turning it around. Maybe our main character wants to not be this psychopathic uh, murderer anymore. You know, he has like a Dexter-like code. If you like Dexter, you're going to love this. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a false sense of security that they uh, lull you into here because uh, when you think that he's putting his life back together, he's maybe getting back with his old flame, that they, they had a relationship, this girl in the past issues where she kind of put him in the friend zone and then he was out of the friend zone and it got kind of messy and it seems like whenever he uh, has someone that wants to be close and intimate with him, he uh, also has, like, he gets stomach illness and, like, throws up. So he's definitely got some issues, but he's at this, this issue, he's trying to put it together. And they lull you into that, wow, maybe he's going to step away from it. And what happens at the end confirms he's not stepping away from it. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, it was shocking. It was a, a little surprising. But it's definitely a deep exploration into this character development here of our primary character. And again, his sort of battle with reality. Is he is he just psycho or is he truly seeing this demon that's uh, telling him to do stuff, which we haven't really seen the demon in a while. But I even love the sort of art reference because um, when you look at the father's art, this is very much sort of flashback to the 70s and this pinup style. And it's even kind of interesting to just to visit that. It's just very nostalgic sort of feeling for the 70s and sci-fi sort of pinups, etc., like Betty Page and things like that. But uh, gorgeous, beautiful art tied in with some interesting character development. Check out Killer Be Killed. It's... It's been on the top picks for me probably at least 50% of the time in the 11 issues that are out now. And uh, there's a reason for that. It's, it's like I said, it's gritty, it's messed up, it's a, a ton of fun, and it's, um, it's uh, hopefully we'll find out one day if he's nuts or is there truly a demon that's telling him to murder people. We'll see. Kill or be killed is our number four. But here we go now coming into the top three, the big three picks here. So here we go now breaking into the top three. Coming in at number three from Marvel Comics is uh, Defenders, issue number four. I can't wait until the Netflix series comes out. It's just around the corner. It's August 18th, so we've only got like five days to wait. I am super excited. I hope they tie together. I hope they complement each other. This is, by the, by the way, the artist winner of the week, David Marquez, who is just stunning art, beautiful, written by Brian Michael Bendis. He's, uh, come on now, look him up. He's written everything. He is the, he's the Marvel master for decades, but check out Brian Michael Bendis' stuff. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Even the color artist, Justin Ponzer, nailed it here. Complimented David Marquez's art so beautifully. Uh, it's just running on all cylinders, from the writing uh, to the, the art to the coloring to the lettering. It is all working. So we've got to even mention lettering. Uh, VC's Corey Pettit. So gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Diamondback's back in town. Black Cat is kind of contemplating on the fence here if she's going to join Diamond Head or not. He's putting this new sort of cosmopolitan designer kind of drug called the diamond or diamonds or something it's even got like a diamond logo on a little paper packet and it ultimately has to do with sort of 
a superhero, like an IGH or MGH, which is, it kind of gives you superhuman powers or it gives you uh, the ability to sort of use 100% of your brain. Reminds me of that Bradley Cooper movie uh, that was just okay. But um, this is actually better. But you also have Hammerhead here that's also sort of, I love this sort of, um, the the moral ambiguity, the, the sort of the hammerhead and black cat can't kind of decide which way they want to go here. And that's kind of explored nicely, even to when hammerhead sits in the bathroom as he takes a sample of this diamond drug. And I love David Marquez's sort of camera angle here where you're inside his mouth and he's about to throw pills in there, but he, he denies that. He's like, no, um, I'm better than that. And so you even see a kind of an inside the sort of a deeper look as to the the villain hammerhead and what he's going through here so he decides to give a sample drug to his his uh, right hand man and that all goes wrong and even spider-man uh, take makes a quick appearance miles morales which is kind of interesting i don't want to bl uh, blow every single segment there but what happens with the the these two people that sample the drug is strange and uh yeah makes you definitely not want to try this stuff but uh, they, you've got um, a, a major detective, and you have uh, a Ben Riley that are Yurik that are on the scene here, kind of hoping to break this out so everyone knows what Diamondback's doing, and to try to get a get a jump on this this new Cosmo, you know, unique drug that's going to be out there in the market. So I like that they're developing their characters there, and with uh, Ben working with the uh, the Bugle. So it's uh it's but the but the winner of it the reason why it's at its core it's this high a pick is the action scenes from from Iron Fist and Diamondback fighting each other. You have to see this. There is a uh something that happens here as far as an injury to Iron Fist. You're like, "Oh, that's very messed up." But the fight keeps going there. Jessica Jones jump in jumps in and she like like I said she has this Daily Bugle newspaper rack that she's smashing him with. It's very like Reminds me of the Hulk and in, in when he and Avengers number one when when Loki gets just sort of manhandled like a little rag doll. It's similar to that because she just comes at him fiercely with this uh, Daily Bugle um, newspaper box. It's it's insane. Newspaper go fl goes flying and there's people watching, people taking photos. It's just uh, like I said, the hyper detail in the background. Uh, at no point do you say uh, Mr. Marquez rushed this or he uh, had to sort of, for time's sake, make just a little people blurb in the background. None of that happened. Everything is super hyper detailed. The lighting, he just loves to live in this world of orange, yellow, and purple. It just seems to be his color hue that he's enjoying, or at least the colorist is. And uh, yeah, it's like, they, I, I was really surprised with how powered up Diamondback is here. And I really enjoy that because he can one-on-one -on -one take on each one of the defenders here but when they have a little a little bit of a team up and luckily uh, for diamondback's sake that the whole team's not there daredevil's off doing his own thing uh jessica jones and iron fist are able to sort of match his powers but it's a great fight sequence from when iron fist really harnesses his, his uh, chi and there is this explosion of yellow fire that is iron fist and it's just gorgeous and this this two-page splash you have to see it and even just the way the little attention to detail the way blood flies off of diamondback when he's getting punched or throat punched or his his calves are taken out with a low kick or iron fist is doing some some interesting martial arts moves that put him into some arm locks and arm bars i was like yes there is a panel here where there's like 
uh, maybe in this single page is about 12 panels and it's all just action and explosion of light and iron fist is yellow and blood uh, uh, even the way the blood uh, goes is just sort of physically correct that helps you sort of understand physically which way the action is taking place i mean it's top notch stuff here folks you just gotta go get it uh defenders issue number four is definitely our number three pick of the week that's uh, all i want to tell you because the ending is great and i can't wait to read the uh, defenders five which I, they've been consistently coming out every four weeks hats off to you there uh defenders and marvel and mr marquez and brian michael bendis good 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 great stuff get it top notch defenders but the number, the sort of surprising hit was our, my number two pick. So it's uh, Baby Teeth, issue number three. And Baby Teeth, Teeth, I was I was really super surprised by this. This is kind of the the sneaky uh, winner this week, and how it ranked up so highly. Also, a shout out to a listener of the show, Jeff Shake. You can find him on Instagram at Jeff Shake, S H A K E. He uh, kind of hit me up and was like, "Are you still into Baby Teeth? I'm on the fence." Well, I explained why I was not on the fence with issue number two, which was the relationship sequence between the father and daughter and how she's having trouble with this demon baby. And, and her dad was just so sweet and trying to be there and understanding and uh, do what he could to sort of help with this baby, not knowing yet that it's this crazy demon baby. But it really just got me there. It was this loving moment. Also, the new characters in issue number two that they uh, that they bring to light here, which I love. They're sort of hired assassins and it's this father daughter again uh team and i love that at the very end of issue two uh, go back but this issue right here issue number three of baby teeth by the way this is aftershock comics this is written by donnie cates and this is art by gary brown follow them both look them up on everything great comic book creators they're really finding their groove here and we're only on issue number three and i think uh, i know for sure one of the issue number one or two was definitely on the picks of the week uh when those came out so it's doing really well, in my opinion. So yeah, uh, Jeff Shake, stay in with it, hang in there, because uh, I'll try to. I'll of course won't spoil it, but I'll talk you into it and tell you why you gotta hang with Baby Teeth. It's it's great stuff. But the character development here is what's really being done well, and and it's and you're and these uh this guy's taking his time. I mean, uh, Donnie Cates knows he has a great handle on these characters you can tell that and he's really kind of developing this Heather character, which is the sister of our primary character. As to how she was just sort of born different, how she seemed to be born angry, how she almost has like a disconnect and has like very little feelings. But we all know someone like that in our lives, and he definitely taps into that here, not making some strange event that may have happened in her life, although they tap on uh, a divorce that, and a sort of very volatile marriage of their parents, but she just seemed to be born that way. When they show Heather as a baby, she has this scowl on her face, like she's already sort of angry. We all know someone like that, so it's just very relatable, very interesting character development of Heather. Uh, she plays hockey, so I always have a, kind of a soft spot for that. I love when they reference that. And she's just this overly violent sort of has no feelings or cares or even worries about responsibility of her actions. But she's ultimately hyper loyal to her family and will do anything to keep her family happy and safe. And that's just an interesting development of a character right there in itself is Heather, the angry sister. But it reminds me of so many people in my life. So maybe that's also another reason for me, the relatability and why this character is interesting. But a uh, sister here that had this crazy demon baby uh, realized in the last issue that her baby that uh, the, needs the, this demon baby, whatever it may be, we don't know at this point if it's just this crazy demon baby, is it a vampire, we don't know, but the baby needs blood to survive. 
Yes. Uh, sun doesn't bother it, so maybe, you know, vampire is off the table. But she wakes her sister Heather up in the middle of the night to tell her, I think my baby just needs blood. And uh, she's like, am I nuts? And she's like, no, you're not nuts. Because Heather's like, I was there when the baby was born and there was like this earthquake that happened. So she's like, I just, I just sort of love their relationship. Heather is just sort of just very real and very harsh and very gritty and right down to the point and cuts cuts sort of speaking down to the sort of bare minimum <laughs> and a lot of it is just with the emotion on her face so uh, hats off there gary brown wonderful 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 art but yeah like sadie uh, doesn't know how to approach heather but heather's just on her side it's just that 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 feeling of family and that feeling of that she was a little hesitant to speak to her sister but when she did she realizes she was so super happy and it you can tell there was anguish on her face and then when she spoke to her sister her sister understands and like look we'll work it out if it needs blood i'll give you some blood she's just like let's let's give this baby some blood and keep it alive and at that point too you're kind of wondering man like what would someone really do it's just portrayed in this very realistic world this is not kind of a fantasy setting like what would someone do if their baby just needed blood instead of instead of milk and stuff so they so Sadie starts doing some math and realizes how many ounces a day that this baby will need of blood. And when they try to give the baby Heather's blood, the sister's blood, it, it starts to this shrieking. And I love the panel that shows the baby shrieking. They use the sort of shrieking word bubbles behind to really give you this sense of the sound is filling the entire room and going beyond the entire room and even changes the color to red, which definitely portrays this wonder in a wonderful way this action sequence of how this shrill that's coming from this baby demon fills the room fills their heads it's just like they're this noise that's about to make their heads explode and uh and heather's just this woman of action she just goes i'm gonna fix this she goes and grabs a pacifier with whiskey on it I'm like yeah give this to the baby <laughs> and they have an argument over that but ultimately what happens from the, sh the shrieking is that a small demon was released from this portal in the sky and it's an interesting little sort of raccoon slash goat slash demon with, with wings that's released that just looks mischievous. And you're like, okay, this is just kicked into another gear here and it's a bit nuts. But I love it. It is all over the place. So definitely give Baby Teeth a try. I don't want to tell you what happens here. Uh, Heather's blood doesn't work, so she has to figure out what blood will. Because so far only moms will. And when they did the math, they need more blood. Uh-huh. But Heather just goes on this mission, um, beating up and pummeling whoever's in her way to get what she needs. And it's uh, crazy what she's after and what she finds out. But I kind of want to see where this goes. This is also kind of gives you that John Connor Terminator kind of feel or saga, if you will, that's told from the narrative of someone that's way in the future. That's saying that's telling this story very after the fact that everything has happened. So we know that the mother will live, but uh, what's going to happen to Baby Demon and to Sister Heather and to their dad, who is like this colonel that has this loving relationship with their daughters? And uh, great cliffhanger at the end of Baby Teeth uh, issue three. You got to see this uh, surprising uh, little end here. But uh, yeah, I need more. Uh, I don't know if this is a mini series. I hope that they um, keep going with this because uh, I love the character development. The art pairs so very well. Hats off, Gary Brown. And uh, check out Baby Teeth from Aftershock. Winner. Absolute winner. But here we go now. The number one. The numero uno. The one that beat them all. That literally in a in an arm wrestling match of other comics just beat them out. Just crushed them. Just turned his hat around. Went, I feel like a truck. And crushed them. 
and became the number one winner from that weird uh, arm wrestling thing. Anyway, number one <laughs> pick of the week this week is from Marvel Comics, and it's The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 31. This is written by Dan Slott. Love Dan Slott writing on Spider-Man. Uh, there's, have the very, I'm all over the place, but at the very, very end of the comic, there's even a picture from Dan Slott showing this sort of the clustering, if you will, of where he wants to go with Spider-Man for a few years. It's just kind of interesting that he has stayed pretty much well on that. So, neat little tidbit at the very, very end. Stay through at the end there and check out Mr. Dan Slott's little picture of his uh, clustering future of Spider-Man. But this is kind of a arc end here. Oh, by the way, this is uh, the cover artist winner, of course, Mr. Alex Ross. Gorgeous. And beautiful, beautiful penciling from Stuart Eminen. The guy is a master. He is, uh, is his his way that he does emotions, the the strange, unique panel placements for action, how he does again, like David Marquez, art winner this week. He does that hyper detailed background art that really shows that it, that he spent some some serious time and took some attention, some painstakingly lovingly uh, you know attention to detail in the backgrounds to really keep you fully focused and just sucked into this sort of world here where. With the supreme Otto Octavius, the superior Otto Octavius, who I love his sort of new body, his new look. He's a he's a Hydra agent. His suit sort of has his this octopus that's very much tying into Hydra and what's going on in Secret Wars or whatever it is. I'm not following along with that, but I don't care. I just I really dig the new superior Doctor Octopus. He's uh, been around the whole time because he took over Peter's mind for a while if you will and now he's fully out he has a new body he has a new he has new tentacles he has a, a game plan and he's got a hydra there with him partnering so uh, he's a force to be reckoned with and i like that in the villain development this fresh new villain development of mr dr octopus but this is their kind of the end of an arc the kind of showdown between them the sort of final fight between peter parker uh spider-man and o dr octopus and it's just glorious. They're on this building. They're sort of standing on it sideways. They've got spider bots now out here, which Dr. Uh, Octopus has taken over. He's using this sort of same technology that he uses to control his tentacles. And he's hacked into, into Peter Parker's, all of his software. And so now he's controlling uh, basically Parker Industries, this billion dollar corporation that he's, that Peter Parker has worked so hard to develop. Yeah, it's in the very clutches of Dr. Octopus. But it's so iconic looking, the colors, I love how Dr. Octopus's suit is such a sort of contrast to Spider-Man's, it's very, his is very green, lime green and white and black, and of course the iconic colors of Spider-Man, it just stands out, and they're on this building, standing, you know, sideways on this building, figuring out ways to not just beat each other with their fists, but it's a sort of technological battle here, and even though Peter Parker is sort of speaking to his team and the scientists and everyone that's sort of on standby at Parker Industries, Dr. Octopus is hacked into that as well, so he hears everything that he's doing, so he's trying to speak in code because Peter Parker ultimately has a plan here, which I, I really was interested in that, that, you know, he's sort of... He sort of, a lot of times Spider-Man is very much just, hey, there's the action, let's punch our way out and web you up. This kind of showed that Peter Parker took some time because he's this, uh, you know, corporate, uh, he's a, you know, billionaire, that he's taken some time here to plot some things, some fail-safes in place in case uh, Octopus or someone, a major supervillain, attacks uh, Parker Industries. So he has sort of a backup plan, but it was surprising also in the way that he sort of, handled this backup plan. I don't want to ruin that part of it. 
Um, Aunt May is in this as well, trying to understand why uh, Peter would want to tear uh, Parker Industries down. Um, and he, she, so she sort of can't understand his motivation, but she's kind of reminded in this very cool, like heartwarming way as to, um, you know, it's her, it's her, her son, her, her nephew, and he's lived his life always trying to do the right thing. And so even Aunt May's sort of misunderstanding of what he's doing at first and how she's awakened and reminded of who her, her nephew is, uh, is this great sort of family moment that really kind of got me. And I'm I'm speaking in of course uh, in in you know ways that won't spoil everything. So you'll see what I'm saying when you read this. But Amazing Spider-Man has been amazing. It's been a just a top pick a bunch of times, and it's had great art and great covers from Alex Ross and Stuart Eminen doing the art. It's just hitting on all all cylinders, and uh, I love that when he of course the very cover shows that EMP that hits him. And what he does, uh, because he has this very kind of Iron Man-y liquid Spider-Man suit with the glowing spider on his chest, uh, he has a backup plan to when, if someone attacks that suit and destroys it, and it's uh, a little flashbacky and nostalgic-y, so I was even a sucker for that moment. So, very well written, Dan Slott. Uh, you've got it going right here. I wish the movie that just came out was a little more like this. But uh, I'm loving Dr. Octopus. I want to see more of where this goes. But this definitely wraps up this arc. And uh, action-packed. Just fun from beginning to end. Not a ton of dialogue. Dan Slott uh, likes to keep it very minimal. But uh, it's a good amount of storytelling that's going on here. Like I said. Especially with the sort of very very prepared Peter Parker here. Into what he does when Parker Industries is attacked. But there's just, again, I think the, the core of it too is this this heartwarming conversation and the heartwarming moment with with Aunt May and even at the end when she kind of talks to Spider-Man has a little one-on-one -on -one there it's a it's great little dialogue that was a kind of a gave me a few laughs more than one laugh but uh, I want more Dr. Octopus but uh, great stuff easily number one pick of the week just uh, amazing Spider-Man go get it go back like 10 issues you'll be super happy it's just been a ton of fun and uh, I love seeing Spider-Man like in his 30s as this uh, billionaire but trying to be uh, to help the world with his company more than say you know Tony Stark etc uh, he's not a, really about the profits he's about just making the world better and the challenges that go along with that uh, with all the super super villains that keep coming his way but um, looks like we're gonna see Norman Osborn in the very near future looks like Green Goblin's gonna be back uh, so uh, there's a little glimpse into that but I can't wait to see that as well and I hope this team all stays together but uh, number one, easy, top-notch, great stuff, Amazing Spider-Man issue 31. So, there you go, there you have it. Please lock down the vault door. Yes. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, August 9th. Please support your local comic book store and go buy these immediately. Tell them Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. That's right, just tell them that. They'll go, huh? But it's fine. And if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and discuss it, I will discuss it on a future podcast, and I'll even send you a little comic book prize as a personal thank you from me. And please sign up for our email on uh, our newsletter, which I'm going to be developing. I've got some things in place to start sending out like a monthly newsletter. Just sign up, please. I'd really appreciate it at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And please tune in next week for issue number 120 of the podcast where I will be reading a list of 15 new comic books. There's actually uh, five new number ones coming out for new comic book day, Wednesday, August 16th. So maybe around 20 I'll be reading. 
And just to give you a little quick peek uh, into a sneak peek into what's coming out uh, next week that I will be discussing. So all these comics come out uh, August 16th, Wednesday. And on my pull list is, starting at the top, all new Guardians of the Galaxy. Top pick last week. It's just, just been fantastic. I still hope that Greg Smallwood is doing the art because his art is gorgeous. Go and read uh, issue number seven of all new Guardians of the Galaxy. The um, story of Drax the Destroyer and why he's a pacifist fantastic go check it out and you can hear me talk about it on podcast number 118 uh batman 29 curse words number seven descender 23 mr nguyen is still doing it i just love his stuff and jeff lemire writing descender i hate fairyland issue 15 is coming out that's from from scotty young love it invincible 139 i think we're at number seven of the final 12 issues ever for Invincible. So Invincible is the number, the, the pick I'm looking forward to the most next week. Uh, but also the Mighty Thor 22 is coming out. Regression number four. Uh, Danny Luckert on art. I interviewed him on a past podcast. Go back into the feed. You'll see Danny Luckert. But his art on Regression is amazing. So issue number four is coming out next week. Silver Surfer number 13. Oh, and another huge one. Southern Bastard 17 is coming out next week. So super excited about that. That's just a little glimpse into some of the stuff that I'm going to be reading for podcast issue number 120. So please tune in and tell a friend. So it's it's going to be a super amazing comic books of week of comic books next week, which it is every single week. So just if you don't want to miss anything, just subscribe to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Uh, listen in or just follow us on Instagram, all the social media stuff, at Sunspots Comics. And thank you so much for listening. Just uh, I, I appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed uh, this and had a good time with it and buy some great comics. And I have a small favor to ask you, just a real quick favor. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help us here at Sunspots Comics, just go to iTunes, give us a nice little positive words blurb, and hit us with five stars. And that really helps us just for recognition for the podcast. Um, for me, also just for feedback, because I'm really trying to do uh, get a little better and do a, a just a positive, fun podcast that you'll enjoy every week. And uh, if, if you write something there, I will personally thank you. Uh, read it, and I will ask you for your address and mail you a little comic book fun prize. So thank you so much. Until next week, I hope that your life is filled with just good feeling, nerdy stuff that you love. Because uh, what's better than that? So thank you so much for listening again. Talk to you next week. And don't forget, of course, be water, my friends. Aloha! Comics now.